Let's talk about what 2024 looks like from a business point of view. I've just touched the tip of the iceberg, highlighting a few of the risks, but I'm aware that there's many other challenges that uh, business leaders like yourselves have been considering. Uh, Help us unpack what these themes are. Absolutely. And I think um, 2024 is definitely going to be a challenging year for business, uh, uh, Google. And it's really a continuation uh, because you would remember that we ended 2023 on precisely the same note, mm-hmm. where many businesses were acknowledging in their annual results presentations that South Africa's trading environment is very challenging at the moment. And it uh, really is the worst that they've seen in a very long time. So unfortunately, in 2024, that continues. You have economists that are actually predicting that the economy will only grow at 1.5% this year, having grown at 0.8% last year. And I'm actually questioning this prediction of 1.5% because I really don't see how we're going to manage, you know, doubling our growth this year as a country, especially with a lot of uncertainty that we're actually going to be experiencing as a country in 2024, you know? So, uh, and I think the uncertainty that I'm talking about, when you even listen to us, you're talking about us uh, earlier on, you would, uh, if, if, if you listen to what is happening there, a lot of the chief economists, you know, at WEF are actually saying we should expect that the global economy is going to weaken in 2024. So there's definitely going to be a theme such as financial conditions that are actually going to remain tight, growth is going to be stalling, global tensions are going to deepen, rising inequalities are actually going to be the issues that we're going to have to contend with. And you would know that if this is what the world is going to experience, you know, if our biggest trading partners, you know, your China, your UK, your US, you know, and the biggest economies are actually uh, talking about these uh, issues as things, South Africa is definitely going to catch a cold because we are mm-hmm. very insignificant, you know, in the global uh, arena as, 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 as it were. So as much as, yes, you are right, we've got a very strong delegation, 15 uh, plus uh, strong 19 that has gone to South Africa, which is actually taking a very clear message that South Africa is open for business, that we are the gateway to the African continent, you know, and yes, they are not out of their depth, but, you know, do we have a compelling business case for investment? I mean, you would remember that late last year, VW passenger car CEO Thomas Keffer spoke about how, you know, they are very worried about their future in South Africa. And I think this is the theme not just for VW, but for actually many uh, 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 foreign direct investors and many companies. You know, there is real concern about South Africa from the global market's perspective. Kuku, they are losing confidence. Kuku, they are withdrawing withdrawing capital steadily. And and this is evident in the minimal new foreign direct investment that we're actually seeing. And I think what 2024 brings as well, I spoke about uncertainty. Mm -hmm. It's uncertainty that is actually precipitated by, yes, geopolitics and everything that is happening. Uncertainty that is going to be precipitated by the election that we're going to be facing as a country. You know, we are actually seeing populism that is coming in, you know, in a size that is concerned. The president is talking about going ahead and signing the NHI bill 
uh, uh, this coming weekend, uh, knowing very well that we can't afford this thing. You know, it's a populist move, which is actually meant to try and convince the electorate to vote differently. You know, and there is nothing with the NHI bill, you know, from a conceptual perspective, you know, business supports the NHI. We really think that we should actually be going there, mm. you know, as, as a country. But when you look at how this thing is conceived, it is nonsensical. It is going to leave all of South Africans worse off in a system in which state provision becomes impossible because the public health care service cannot deliver and private health provision is effectively going to be closed down. Mm. There is no implementation plan for this thing, Google, because implementation is, is impossible. There is no funding plan for this thing because funding is impossible. You know, the serious problem with what government is doing is that the NHI bill does have negative consequences and it will going to be a serious blow to confidence. Mm. The Minister of Health has already said that they will need 200 billion rand first to fix the hospital infrastructure before they can implement this. Where is that going to come from? Mm. Treasury has said we cannot afford this thing. Google, this is a country that is borrowing 2 billion rand a day just to balance the books. It's not 2 billion rand for productive assets, for building schools, for building... Just to balance the books, just mm. to make sure that we can be able to do what we need to do as a country. So you bring in a system that you know very well that you actually cannot afford. It doesn't ogre well. You know, they might be thinking that it's probably maybe just a signaling exercise, but they don't realize that once you promise certain things that you can't deliver, Google, it increases the social instability. Yes. Because people then expect you to deliver. I mean, you yes. saw, you know, that happening with the free education stance yes. that this NC-led government actually took in 2018 over it actually rendered the high education system in this country very dysfunctional. You know, with a uh, 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 Young people saying, you have promised us this, now you have to deliver on it. So I think, you know, we are in that very difficult position. And yes, we actually have to um, brace ourselves because we are not, we are not uh, facing a very easy uh, year ahead. I'm glad that you've contextualized this so clearly for us to to understand what it is that uh, business leaders are contending with. And, and with the elections, of course, uh, seemingly being the, the, the big factor that we need to be mindful of, does this delay further conversations, negotiations, uh, discussions and partnerships that should be taking place between the private sector and the government in order to progress South Africa's uh, economic uh, progress? So the work that we're doing with government is going to continue. Remember, we have this partnership where we're working on energy transport, logistics, and crime and corruption, so it doesn't hold that. But what it holds, Google, is the much-needed investment. The much-needed investment that will make sure that the economy can grow at the right levels, and when the economy grows at the right levels, then we can actually deal with the issue of unemployment. You know, markets are premised on certainty, Google, and the lack thereof is problematic. So with a lot of uncertainty that we're actually contending with the South Africa, they are playing a wait-and-see game. You know, and it's not just a wait-and-see game. They are looking at other, you know, a, 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 a market in the African continent. Mm-hmm. You know, the East Africa is currently eating South Africa's breakfast. Yeah. You know, we are no longer the gateway to the African continent. They are going to East Africa because the business case there is actually very compelling. Google, we are currently failing at the basics. The basics being the network industry. It doesn't matter which industry you're in, you need energy. You need water infrastructure. You need transport and logistics. You need telecoms. Four network industries. Three of them are dysfunctional in this country. Mm. So it's as if it's not 
it's already bad that you're going to be sitting with 10 hours of load shedding when you had stage six. You know, once you have actually produced your goods and you're trying to get them to market, then you're going to have to have your goods sitting for five days, you know, waiting to be offloaded at the port. If you're trying to bring things in, then you actually have a huge backlog, you know, of these containers. 70,000 was the number that we had late last year. I don't know how they've actually done in terms of dealing with that uh, backlog. You know, so you actually have a problem bringing goods. I mean, you have big companies like Myers who are actually saying we are going to be bypassing the seven ports and we're actually going to offload in Mauritius. Mm. That is a problem for an investor who's trying to come into South Africa. Because then it's an added cost to business. And this is what VW was actually saying, to say that we're going to have to ask ourselves a question at some point as a company to say, why do we continue to uh, produce our vehicles in a market that is, number one, very far from the global market, but number two, which has all these problems, you know, and it was actually urging the South African government to actually at least fix the basics. So he might have come out and said these things, and he might be the only one that can tell you in boardrooms, there are more CEOs, there are more investors, there are more shareholders who are actually asking CEOs these difficult questions. And I mean, you know, uh, they are actually going to a vote with their feet. You know, they are actually going to invest where it makes sense, you know, where they can actually see a future. And South Africa is actually not presenting them that. Yeah. I want to go back to a statement that you started this conversation off with, Sisbusi, which is understanding that whatever happens at a political and economic level certainly unfolds and transcends into a social uh, aspect as well. We saw it with the 2021 looting and unrest. We saw it with the fees must fall that you alluded to. And I guess even in this year, many South Africans have a great sense of anxiety uh, with youth unemployment uh, and with the elections coming up where they feel as though they can play an influence but the ramifications and the economic fallout might be too big for us to bear as South African households. Uh, your observations or your views are, are on this on this, and most importantly what it also means for us as civilians and citizens uh, to actively play a part in, in building our, our economy. So I think when I say these things as business owners, we say these things as business, they say business is talking politics. Google are not talking politics, we're talking economics. Because politics equals, you know, economics. You know, we have a political economy, which means our economic growth is going to be constrained by the political economy. So if the politics are failing, then the economy is actually going to fail. So the the failure that you're actually seeing in the South African environment at the moment and the instability that you're seeing is precisely because, you know, it, it mirrors what's happening in politics. If you are going to be sitting with the very notion of possibly sitting with the coalition government, because the city of Joburg has had eight mayors in the last two years. Mm-hmm. If you are going to have coalition government at national, I'm going to be sitting with eight presidents in two years. What does that do to stability in the country? Mm-hmm. And what investor would actually want to bring their money here? So it does affect everything. It affects businesses, it affects the economy, it affects you know the social issues, it affects public service delivery, it affects you know uh, the decisions that we make. You know, I've just spoken about the NHI and how you know that is actually being used. You know, as an electioneering, you know, tool, you know, at the moment. So we're actually going to have to think very carefully as a country as we head to the elections and as we head to the polls to say what kind of country do we actually want to have? What kind of leadership do we actually want to put in place that will actually ensure that South Africa's uh, 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 economic situation actually is turned around? Because 
uh, uh, where we are at the moment is actually very concerning. And as I'm saying, we should actually brave ourselves, you know, for where Google things are going to become much more worse because before they become better. Because once you have lost those investors, remember these investors play a long game. Yes. So once they decide to move out of South Africa and land in Kenya, they're not going to make that uh, 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 reverse that decision in two years. You know, their business actually there. So it's going to take them a long time to bring them back into. So that is what we're contending with, and that is what we're truly going to have to play for us. I'm so glad that you've painted this picture so uh, clearly for all of us to have a vested interest and understand what the, the ramifications are. Sisbusi, always a pleasure speaking to you. I doubt this will be the last because we have a very busy year ahead of us. So looking forward to touching base with you again soon. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.